Uh, before we get started today, we're going to shout out to our friend Ryan and his team at Maple Block Meat Co. in Culver City, California. Their address is 3973 Sepulveda Boulevard, and their phone number is 310-313-6328. If you are a barbecue lover like we are, you better get in the car right now. Hey everybody, welcome to Grubcast. Uh, today, you know, we're going to uh, talk to some very interesting people that we just met uh, recently online. And it uh, we're here at the Flying F Ranch with Allie and Bryce uh, Fender. Yes. Is that correct? Correct. Any, any relation to the gu- uh, guitar Fender? We get that a lot, but no. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be sitting here <laughs> if it you, was. You wish, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you, w- w- it was kind of a happenstance situation that I you know, just coincidentally saw that you're on your Instagram posting that you uh, do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know what? Th- th- we have a connection already. And then um, I love beef i love beef you know i've been loved my whole life and she always gets on my, my uh, v here gets on me i call her v because you know she's kind of incognito uh, <laughs> so um i've always loved beef and she's kind of not a, a beef lover right so uh when i uh, say i'm gonna stay home and have a steak because like just recently uh it was uh easter and the family went off to la to, the, to my uh in-laws which uh-huh. is so, so much fun and so i stayed back and i had uh, a ribeye i had a oh <laughs> it's the best and and really i go after the fat first because it's uh-huh. my favorite uh, and then i think i made a kale salad the one from true food kitchen uh-huh. and then i made uh some potato didn't oh. you say you you bacon wrapped a... so um i'm i don't know if i you know i don't know if you know much about it but i'm doing a whole pig uh, smoked barbecue in Ooh. next month in may, the 15th of may it's the best it, yeah, and I'm doing it uh, Rodney Scott style. You ever heard of Rodney Scott? Mm-hmm. There's a guy from South Carolina who's a chef that all he does is uh, whole pig barbecue. And uh, I'm going to try and recreate it. But what he does, he has a uh, vinegar mop that he does the whole time, about 12 hours on yeah. the, in the smoker. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does a real good job. So I'm going to try and do that next month. So I'm, I'm a big meat eater. I'm a you know chef quote unquote uh i have uh, been eating food my whole life which is you know that, that's kind of people <laughs> yeah, always ask, people, <laughs> good on you. people always ask me well who's your target audience and i'll say well people with a mouth yeah. Yeah. you know uh so people that eat if yeah. you eat i'm you know you must be my 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 uh my favorite person in the world so uh, anyways um so when I saw your posting, I was like, well, you know what? Let me just throw the, the message out there to see what would happen. And you responded. And I was like, you know, I was gobsmacked to quote the English. <laughs> and so uh, then as I've been talking to you more and more about your goal for your ranch and for your Angus beef that you're planning on doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I want to hear all about that. I want to hear about, you know, um, your intentions for it, what goes into it, um, how, where is this going to evolve to? Mm-hmm. And uh, so who wants to start? Well, can I ask a question? First, let me, let me ask the, Chime the question. In. Chime in. The, the name, the name of the farm, Flying F. Flying what, F Ranch. Yeah. Well, um, my grandpa had a brand called the Flying 7S. And basically what it was was a number seven with two little wings. And it's on a lazy bar. So it's kind of like a... a S that's like on its side. Mm-hmm. And when we were trying to come up with our own brand, uh, we, well, first of all, we got married and one of our wedding gifts was 10 head of heifers from my dad. So with that, we wanted to create our own brand and have our own herd and things like that. And the way you identify your cattle is by branding them with your brand. So if they get lost or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, then they can find their way home. It's basically like a return address. So Bryce and I, you know, sat on the couch one day and we had a lot of, you know, time to figure out what we wanted to do. And eventually we came up with a flying F. Uh, But we did have to send in three different brands to the brand um, 
what is it just like the brand people in, in California and then they basically pick out what brand you get oh, really? but you give them three options of what you kind of want so they sent us back the flying F and that's where we got the flying F and then we kind of came up with our own little slogan I guess you can say and we we always say we give a flying F about beef which is 100% true <laughs> Well, it's a good name. That's it. Really <laughs> Thank name. you. Hopefully yeah. it's easier to remember for it a lot is of people. For, yeah, it is for me. That's why I'm like, oh, that's a great name. <laughs> well, I, I think I was confused when I went and did a Google search to fly, you know, the Flying F. I think there was another Flying F or another F style ranch up yeah. in uh, Northern Cal. Oregon, I think. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah so um, as far as like the brands go, different states, you can have the same brand, okay. but it could be owned by a different uh, individual sure. or a different company, sure. different ranch in, in different states. Gotcha. It's kind of state specific mm-hmm. and then even that there's different styles of the f okay and you know some of them might be like a traditional looking f some sure. of them might have you Script know ours ours has like a curved um kind of vertical okay. post for the f and then you know there's different variations well, and that kind of what separates the different brands it's just yep. Like yep. Okay. yeah yeah the, the, well the shape of the f or yep okay mm-hmm. okay so when I heard the name, I was like, ooh, flying F. Mm. Yeah. My kind of people. <laughs> right up, yeah. Right up your alley. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't oftentimes give a flying F, but for different yeah. reasons. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, so do you guys want to, so who wants to start? Who wants to give us the uh, the lowdown? On, and we'll, on our beef? Up, on the beef, on the well, the goals for where you're going. I mean, is, how do you want to, yeah. where do you want to take this? So, I mean, I grew, I'm a fourth generation cattle producer. So I've lived here my whole life and I've, all I know is cattle and um, just livestock and caring for the land and all the things that go into that. And so I've always had a like strong connection to my food and how to care for it. I did 4-H and FFA growing up. Um, so it's kind of second nature for me. And uh, let me stop you one second. Um, yeah. I don't know what FFA is, or I know I know 4-H. I okay. mean, I've heard of 4-H so, as a kid. So those who don't know, yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah, that's a good point. A lot of people may not know, but 4-H is a program of um, youth that get together, and you don't have to do livestock, but you basically show animals for meat quality or even like showmanship, and um, you can also do like home ec. You can learn how to sew. You can do. There's so many things that you can do with 4-H. Um, it's a great way to, you know, connect, like, kids to working with other individuals or, you know, learning, like, basic life, st- life skills and things like that. And then FFA is basically, you know, high school version of 4-H. And FFA, you do a lot of, like, um, you know, different types of, like, negotiation events. You learn um, a little bit more about, like, policies and procedures, things like that. And, um, again, you show animals and do that. So when you go to the, the Del Mar Fair, Ramona Fair, Lakeside yeah. Fair, those are the kids that are involved in okay. 4-H and FFA. So it, it starts out when you're a kid, you go with 4-H. Mm-hmm. And then you when you get to high school, then you go to yep. FFA. Yeah, you okay. can. You can still stay in 4-H throughout high school. Okay. A lot of people do that. But I ended up taking the path of FFA and did that kind of deal. Got you. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I, I my kids, I wish they'd done something like that. Uh, we live in a rural uh, place, you know, Valley Center, and uh, they have a they have a, a rodeo at some time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have uh, ag days, mm-hmm. but my kids they do the, you know, they roll their eyes like, oh, we're going to ag, and and they're not going to look at the animals or hear about the information. It's literally like, uh, oh, let's throw a rock over the next to that tree. Oh, ooh, ooh, oh, oh, hit me. Oh, I'll hit you. <laughs> it's like they're wrestling and they're playing and they're not they're not paying attention to anything. So uh, I wish they were. But I see your boys. I'm so jealous <laughs> because when we bought our place, uh, we bought it with the intention of having them run free. I used to tell my boys when they were little, I say, you know, go outside and break your arm. 
Do something. Yeah. Yep. You know, don't don't watch the television. Get off the iPad. Uh, go do something. And I see your boys out there uh, demonstrating their archery skills. And, I, and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm like, you know, that's such a that's what I wanted from my boys. Um, uh, this is a sidebar, but when we bought the place, we only had two and a half acres. So, well. It's a lot for me because I'm the only one doing on it, anything on it. Yeah. But the uh, when I told the boys, hey, uh, let me buy you a little buggy, you know, a little two wheeler, uh-huh. uh, you know, a little buggy uh, from the garage sale for a couple hundred bucks. Then I gave it to them and they immediately broke it. And they were, Dad, I can't start it. I can't, you know, pull starter. So then I am buying a fancy dance, uh, what is it called? Razor. The, uh, Razor. Oh, yeah. Acer 150. And then my son, he drove it around and he was like, Dad, you know what? Uh, our land is just so small. <laughs> I, I can't, I mean, I want to go, you know, I want to go off in the distance and I see your kids here. And I'm like, you lucky. I hope, I hope that as they get older that they can appreciate what you've done yeah, for them yeah. because you've, you're creating a, I mean, obviously there's a certain level of safety. There's uh, you have connection to your family, which is nearby um, that, you know, you're in a business that uh, they could eventually do. And that it, it just, you know, it's such, it's the life that I wanted. However, uh, I, used, I came from the IT world back in the day. So I, the first thing we, when the kids started getting a little rambunctious, uh, we just stick an iPad in their hand. Right. And that was a mistake in hindsight. Yeah. So I look at your, I mean, I don't know, do they even have equipment like that? They do, but it's like only for very special occasions. <laughs> See, and that's what we should have done. But you know, we didn't. Yeah. Dumb. I just hide it. But like eventually they forget about it. They're like, oh, well, let's go outside and roll in dirt. And- yeah. I, w- I, but I, I saw them. They're so cute and they're outside and they, they got the little bow and arrow with their target and the target's yeah. beat to snot because they've been doing it enough. And I'm going, God, that's, that's what I wanted. Yeah. That's what I wanted. And yeah, mm. So, and so but I regret, I regret the land. I go, you know, you guys don't even want to go outside and help me weed whack. Uh, you don't want to, I mean, I have uh, old cars that I work on in my shop and they're like, I say, you know, I never see you outside. So I mean, I, I'm jealous. I'm actually jealous. So, well, it's yeah. just, you know, it's just one of those things where you got to like, just work with what you got. Yeah, you, know? well, you do. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyways, um, so tell us more about where you think this is going, where, I mean, you're, you're obviously, you, uh, you have the 10 heifers or how many heifers do you have now? Well, that's a whole nother side story. Yeah, but okay, you okay. go ahead and well, tell that I story. I mean, right now, as far as female female cattle go, we have we have 20, 20 female cattle, okay. um, and then we have our bull. Okay. Um, so, like we, we kind of spoke about it earlier, um, as far as the ratio goes, twenty to ones, and yeah. you know, kind of a general general a good rule. number. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we just put some more investments this year into kind of increasing our genetics for our herd. We're going towards like an purebred Angus, um, okay. just so that we can bring the best product to consumers in San Diego in yeah. general that we can. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're doing our part to provide you guys with the best product. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't want to go half in on our side just so that we can make an extra buck. We want to make sure that we're putting everything back into it. Yeah. And so the, uh, the Angus, what, I mean, to you is the difference between a normal, you know, uh, cow or a, you know, let's say a steer in this case, what's the difference between an Angus versus so, I mean, there, there's a lot of different breeds of cattle. Okay. Um, just kind of depends on what you're going for as far as your herd. Uh, different areas in the United States kind of require different breeds of cattle depending on the forage that's available. Uh, okay. So what they're grazing on from day to okay. day. Uh, certain areas in the United States have more predators that, you know, are a little bit more... Uh, dangerous for the cattle to be around. So that's when we were talking about horns, like some cattle are very beneficial having horned cattle because they got wolves running around, you know, other, you know, mountain lions, different predators that can take them or their calves. 
um, coyotes are huge on taking calves. Really? So, oh, yeah. Okay. so yeah, it's, you know, there's a benefit to having horned cattle in certain areas right. of, of the United States. Certain breeds are more, you know, more susceptible to cold. Some are a little bit better, more fit for being in warm, humid environments. Right, right. So it kind of depends on where your environment is and picking, picking a breed that best fits for your environment. Um, here in Southern California, we're kind of blessed with beautiful weather. Yeah. Um, you know, and with the Angus breed, we've done a lot of research and there's a lot of genetic testing that's been done with it uh, as far as like the quality goes. So we're able to, in hopefully in the future, produce a product that, you know, would grade very high on, on the USDA, like meat scale. Right. So when you're talking about like your utility grade, your select grade, your choice, and then your prime. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to, trying to hit the, hit the top of that. You know, we want to bring San Diego the best quality that we can. And the Angus breed gives us the proven research and they, you know, there's, there's ranches out there that have thousands of cattle and they're, they're constantly taking birth weights on them. They're taking ultrasounds of the, of the, of the live cattle so that they can get intramuscular fat, um, you know, which is your marbling. So they'll get that data. They'll take ribeye ribeye ultrasounds on on live cattle to see how big those ribeyes are to make sure that make sure that you know those producers are bringing the best quality products that they can to so they just literally go there with an ultrasound Mm -hmm. yep Yep. cattle just be standing there and they have a portable ultrasound and they'll just check them that way wow so i mean so angus is kind of like the uh, ideal animal for southern california is that true or is that the climate but it's a good climate i mean like we said san diego is such a great climate as it is you can pretty much raise anything you want here so um but yeah i mean there's nothing wrong with not raising angus cattle here um but we just chose angus because first of all it's called the business breed that's what they're known for and that's because they are um, you know, accumulating all this data and research and bettering the breed all the time. And there's so many ranchers that are, you know, big dogs out there that utilize the Angus genetics to increase their herds, even if it's a mixed genetic, you know, herd. So it's just a good way to be able to increase your, your profitability and, you know, make your consumers happy. Yeah, I'm I'm a numbers guy. I like I like numbers. So when I yeah. when I can look at stuff and look at genetics and being from kind of the medical side of stuff, I, the genetic side of it's very interesting to me. Being able to look at numbers that correlate with the genetics and being able to kind of tailor tailor that into building the best product that we can. And so I would imagine your your medical backgrounds helped you quite a bit in this area. Yeah, I mean it's, it helps it helps out definitely with some of the kind of the verbiage that's being yeah. used. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like Allison was saying, there's definitely a lot of different breeds that are, you know, good for, good for our environment. And, you know, it's interesting with the, with the Angus genetics, a lot of these dairies are going to using Angus bulls on, on kind of their dairy breeds so that they can start to increase their kind of profitability on, on the calf side of that. Cause all, all the, all the cows that get used in dairies they have to have their calves first in order to start producing milk. Right. So a lot of these dairies are using these Angus bulls so that they can get, you know, easy calving, easy calving, um, calves. And in turn, they have quality meat coming from them. So they're able, able to turn that around into a little bit better marketable product. 
Well, I, you know, when I hear about Angus is to me the only one that I've ever really heard of because I don't live in a in a you know kind of a country environment. I, mean, I live in a country, but I don't live in the environment of of um, finding the cattle and then sourcing them from a from a, a auction of some kind. And then like this idea you were telling me earlier about the idea that you wanted to start selling the uh, animals directly to the public and having someone buy a, a half of an animal. Why don't you tell us more about that aspect? Yeah. So um, in San Diego County, we do not have a USDA facility to take our animals to to be processed. And the whole, you know, long story short situation with that is you cannot buy anything from the grocery store unless it's been USDA certified by a certified USDA, you know, cut and wrap facility and slaughterhouse. So the closest one to San Diego is about six hours away. And the drive to go all the way up there and then have to go back and pick up the beef is kind of, you know, a hard situation to do for anybody, I would, yeah, I would long imagine. Ride. Long ride, yeah. So, um, so for us, the easiest way to be able to supply beef to our locals is by selling whole and half live shares of beef. And essentially that means you literally buy a, a live animal from us. We raise it out for you. And... Um, you know, feed it and everything like that. We schedule the butchering and the um, mobile slaughter comes to the house and does it all here. It's super quick and super efficient. And then they take the carcasses to a butcher in a refrigerated truck and, you know, it, it gets custom tailored cut exactly how the customer wants their meat. So that's kind of how we are doing it right now. And as I was mentioning earlier when we were talking before, um, I'm on the San Diego County Farm Bureau, and um, I'm on the Livestock Committee team. So we're trying to figure out a way to get a USDA facility somewhere nearby just because it would benefit San Diego. It would benefit Riverside, Imperial Valley, you know, all these surrounding yeah, areas. It would bring sure. a really great um, product for, for San Diego. So that's something to, to consider. And, and how many, let me just say, well, how many, um, like, farms are, are out here that actually do this because... i mean yeah that's the thing because san diego you don't really think about you know ranchers or farms and things like that but mm -hmm. san diego is such a diverse climate for mm -hmm. so many things i mean we have you know strawberries we have lemons we have fresh yeah, cut flowers we yeah. have everything yeah, you yeah. can ever imagine including livestock and people don't really think about the livestock aspect of no it. no but i mean the san diego backcountry has numerous ranches that you know, provide meat to consumers di direct. Um, for example, we have Diamond Bee Ranch, who is a close family friend of ours, um, distant relative to actually, and they have a ranch out in Warner Springs. And she does, um, Katie does turkeys for for Thanksgiving, and they also do pork, eggs. Um, she just sometimes does beef. We have another neighbor who's actually my cousin at Carasquito Ranch, who sells beef direct to consumers as well. Um, I know that there's so many other ranches in like Ramona area, uh, Fallbrook, Valley Center. Um, there's there's a lot of options. It's just you know a matter of finding them mm -hmm. and reaching out to them. That that is actually a lot harder than you think. Uh, it is. I, I understand. Say, that. Yeah, it yeah. takes a little bit of time. It's a lot to harder. Find them. I because, think so because we we didn't have we had no clue. No. I mean, we live in Valley Center. I have no idea that there's actual. I mean, yes, like for the. Anything agricultural, mm -hmm. yes, we can get our hands on over there. But as far as cattle and turkey, you mentioned like turkey yeah. products. You meant yeah, none of that. I I'm, no you're idea. making me hungry. Yeah, because <laughs> when I when I when I look at an animal, I don't think at oh, what a nice pet. I think of oh, this is gonna be delicious. I see a steak. No, but yum. see this. I mean, <laughs> I think he, a yum. That's what I think. You have come, you have so many times. You know, we talk about he wants to hunt. He wants to get his own 
you know, well, meat let's let's clarify. I, you know, I'm not. I the killing part. Uh, let's just make it very, very clear. I'm not a killer. What I, what I am is an eater. And I know. I've just, I've just I know. realized that you, you know. In, he wants either. to know what he's eating. He wants to have high quality product. And it's not, you know, you just don't know what you're getting when you're right. going out there and buying no. stuff. So. No, when you go to like uh, someplace like Iowa Brothers down in uh, San Diego and you buy a dry aged steak for 40 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, you still, even though you you, you know it's dry aged, you don't know what the origin of the meat. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and even though it's delicious, I mean, you, I'm, I'm always thinking, you know, what was the life of this animal? You know, where, I mean, did they keep it in the pen? Uh, I've heard stories about uh, when I was in culinary school, they said um, that all, in order for the animal to be pasture raised or to be, uh, what is it, grass fed or whatever, the word, those, those verbs, yeah, mm-hmm. those verbs, they basically are saying that uh, there was chicken situations where they would have a chicken that could view the the pasture and that's all they really needed to be to be pasture considered pasture no, raised free range free like, range yeah there's free definitely range. definitely yeah. some interesting yeah, yeah. yeah there's a, that's a whole nother podcast it, it was, sure. <laughs> right but, right but, but like, i was like i was like that concept of of the mismarketing of it mm-hmm. is so to me uh, a shame mm-hmm. and uh there's no way around it because you know big industries have this marketing uh fi- package or uh financing to be able to do it and they just put these words on there they go oh you know, you know yeah. uh it's yeah, uh, grain free or, yeah. well they're free range oh as long as they were out for one hour and as long as it was just in this area that's yeah. free range i'm like that's yeah, not free no range. no no but they keep them in a pen uh on top of each other there's 10 of them in one spot <laughs> you know uh pooping and whatever else they're doing in this little space. But then one hour a day, they get out in the yard that's covered in dirt. There's no grass. There's, and the thing about a chicken, or even I imagine your animals as well, uh, that that the power of the grass, the, the live grass, the wild bugs, and I would imagine uh, you know, grubs or whatever in the ground, uh, that is contributes to the health in the, of the animal. I mean, at least my chickens. I have chickens at home. And if you look at the yolk, yep. like you must know, the ones in the market are like, uh, they're yellow, like, uh, like, I don't know, they're just pale yellow. Right. And the ones you get at home, when they, especially during the during the spring, when there's tons of life in the soil, mm-hmm. uh, the grass, the the dropped leaves, whatever they're eating, uh, they're getting all those nutrients from the from those things, and that's why they're so much more healthy. And that uh, is what I want to feed my kids. Yeah, yeah. it that, produces these super bright orange yolks. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, exactly. they yeah. taste exactly so amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's so, a difference, and I think like two to like mention is just like cutting out the middleman and spending yeah. your consumer dollars Mm -hmm. on your local farmers and ranchers and you know exactly where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it, like how many hands does, you know, that chicken go through really? By the time you get it. Mm -hmm. How many hands and how many trucks, how many trips has it gone just to get to your dinner plate? Whereas like if you support someone locally, it's literally from the ranch to you. I thought, but why do you suppose it's so difficult? Like that we don't know this. Like we we don't know that we didn't know that people like you were available. Honestly, Same thing with chickens and whatever. You just don't. It, really it, know. Like I said before, I was telling you guys earlier about the, the tuna ducks at Harbor. That concept that you could live in San. My wife calls this Shangri La. Like this is heaven for my wife. Uh, but the thing is that you know, living in San Diego, the only vision you get of San Diego is La Jolla. Uh, you get uh, downtown, uh, you know, places like that. You don't get, your mind doesn't shift to agriculture. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, we need to hear a lot more about it because I w- I'd be sitting at home thinking th- about how to do what, to buy meat from somebody directly to know what it was fed, where it lived, uh, the conditions that it grew up on, and then be able to get that meat, that fresh, delicious product to be able to, to give to my family. But if I, before our conversation, before a week ago, I had no concept that 45 minutes from my home that you guys existed. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's it's really important for to, to really give the details of how to do this, how you're planning on uh, marketing it to the to the public. Uh, what's going to be available to them is going to be vital. I think so. I want to know because I'm still don't I'm in the dark. So tell us what what do we have to do? How do we do this? What's uh, you know? Please. Yeah, I mean, uh, doing what we're doing right now, yeah. getting getting word of mouth out there. You know, social media is yeah. huge, yeah. huge with uh, marketing and stuff nowadays. Yeah, There's sure. a lot of people listening to podcasts, a lot of people on all the uh, on the gram and yeah. stuff. So yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. if we can start opening opening people's eyes and you know, to the agriculture and livestock that we have here in San Diego County, it's going to be huge. Hopefully, yeah. you know, and the, the reality of it too, the population in San Diego County, there's, there's not enough land, there's not enough cattle, there's yeah. not enough agriculture to fully sustain this county yeah. within itself. Um, but we, we want to try and do our part, you know, try and provide a product that's best, best for San Diego. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, also promoting other, other ranches and farmers around yeah. the area too. It's, you know, we, we always, Allison and I talk about it a lot. It's like, we, you know, we aren't in, we don't want to be in this together. We don't want to promote ourselves all the time. We yeah. want to be able to promote agriculture as, as a whole, you yeah. know, there, there's been some, you know, difficult stigmas throughout our lifetime faced towards, towards agriculture and right. livestock, you know, more specifically. And, you know, a lot of it's misconceptions that, you know, it's hard, hard for, livestock producers to combat because we don't have, we don't have the financial backing. Yeah. You know, a lot of it, a lot of it's passed down from generations, you know, people are living day to day, you know, and in my time that I've been with Allison, you know, over the last 20 years, prices of cattle haven't really changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Really? So yeah. you look at the house housing prices, how much that's changed in the last 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's like, well, it's going to be really difficult to compete with that. So, you know, trying, trying to sustainably source and keep, you know, keep products here in the county, it's difficult. Yeah. And, you know, we're trying, trying to do our part in making that possible. Well, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's really awesome because um, more people, if they hear this podcast, they're going to be able to hear that you exist. Mm-hmm. And, and businesses like you, farms like you that are doing uh, and buying local is the only way for me. I mean, if I could do it every day, I would. Um, the, going to Ralph's, going to uh, what is it, uh, Northgate Market? Um, uh, it's uh, just, yeah, Albertson, you, you just whatever. don't. I mean, I, I, when I live in Esca, when I live in uh, Valley Center, Escondido is the closest, uh, you know, civilization. Right, market, call it. yeah. So, um, but there's no. I, I wasn't when I expected. You know, when I think of country, I always think of that movie, uh, Working Girl. Do you ever see that movie? Working no. probably that's old movie from the '80s, and uh, she is a New York executive who works at uh, marketing, uh, some marketing company. Then she uh, uh, she uh, adopts a child, or her uh, her brother passes no, that's away. Not working was girl. it working girl? No, what's no, it called? Um, <laughs> that's I'm like, what are you talking about? It's, baby um, boom. You ba- got, sorry, you baby, got boom. Me, so. ba- baby yeah. boom. It's an old I, movie. I believe seen, you. You haven't seen it anyways. But <laughs> the, in boom. this movie, yeah. baby boom, uh, the lady she has to take on somebody else's child, and she moves to like Connecticut or uh, one of these rural locations, and uh, she has nothing else to do. Uh, but live in her house to repair her home and raise this baby. So she decides that she wants to start making uh, her own uh, baby food. Yeah. So she gets local apples from the from the orchards or from her own land, and then she makes this food. And then uh, the marketing people find out about it from New York City, and then they buy. They want to buy her company. So. Because she's turned it into this, you know, everything's fresh, everything's yeah. um, organic. organic, everything's and, local. You know, you're making yeah. local stuff. Right? And then, of course, uh, the big, uh, what is it called, the Gerber type company comes into town and is, you know, throwing weight around and executives with their, you yeah. know, their fountain pens and whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, 
You know, so she ends up keeping the company and and doing it all herself. So when I moved to Valley Center, I was hoping I'd see the little uh, stand on the corner with the oranges and the fresh fruit. And I'm thinking, you know, I want I want to feel that. I want to have that artisan kind of vibe from like uh, Carmel or, uh, you know, I don't know, some northern uh, part of California yeah. where they have all the farmer's markets. I remember going uh, as a, when we first got together in like in the 90s, we'd take ch- trips to San Francisco and uh, we'd go to like Half Moon Bay or one of these local areas where they had i don't know what area did we go santa barbara they had this uh, college where they had this big farmer's market we had these giant peaches Ooh, you know oh, anyway, yeah. but anyways they had this this farmer's market thing and it was like it, it just felt like you lived in a very affluent part of town yet you uh could go to the farmer's market you could go to the mall it was just a different life and i was like that's where i want to go I want to go where I can get uh, almost like Italy. You know, you go, you have a, you have a little apartment, you run down the farmer's road, get your meal, you get your ingredients to go Everything home and make fresh, your pen. Yeah. yeah, daily, right? I don't you want can... to go to Ralph's. I don't want to go to Northgate or Albertsons or Vaughn's or whatever. I would love to be able to buy like premium quality food that I could serve to my family and prepare uh, interesting dishes rather than, you know, I mean, you go to Ralph's where they have, they have oranges, they have apples, uh, a very basic selection of fruit. Mm-hmm. And it's usually imported from Mexico or somewhere else. Yep. And uh, I, I'm over it. Yeah. I don't, I'm over it because I don't know what pesticides are on there. I don't know uh, if it's been, I don't know if the meat's been, I mean, sometimes I look at the chicken you buy at the Ralph's. Um, I we usually make a lot of chicken dishes. I mean, yeah. last night I made uh, a thing called, like called the Jack Rilla special. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's like one of those, um, those fried chicken sandwiches with the, uh, the Hawaiian bread and the, yeah. yeah. So I made them last night, but I pulled the chicken out of the package and I was like, <sighs> You know, I don't, there's, there's some uh, silver skin on there that didn't look quite healthy. So I, I cleaned it up. It came out okay. But I was like, I just don't know anything about this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know um, what kind of chemicals, what kind of, uh, 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 what is it? Antibiotics they pumped in here. I don't know if it, it sat in the back of a truck in, the, in a, uh, the, the proper, in the proper temperature. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. So I could be putting something that's hurting me. Or I'm hurting my family or hurting my kids. So I want, when I, when I heard about this, I was like, you know, 45 minutes from my house, you know, uh, why are, am I not doing this already? Yeah. You know? So, um, I think I'm not alone though. No, you're not. And uh, yeah. I think like a lot of locals don't really realize that places like this exist. And I mean, a lot of places don't really like welcome like the public to come and check sure, out their place absolutely. either. So that's part of it too. But um, I mean, for example, if you want to find more places that are uh, locally sourcing, you yeah. know, meat products, Please. veggies, yeah. um, fruit, anything like that, if you go on the San Diego Farm Bureau website, sandiegofarmbureau.org, okay. they have a whole list of all the members that provide products direct to okay. consumers. Okay. So that's one way. And there's tons of farmers markets in San Diego. Um, I mean, my friend Casey and I, that we do the podcast together, we went to... Um, By the way, little, what's the name of your podcast? Our podcast is called Tap Into Traditions. And basically the whole entire theme of it is connecting our consumers to our ranchers okay. and farmers and things like that. Okay. But, um, but anyways, we went to um, Little Italy one, one time and there's so many awesome little farms that go to these farmers markets and um there's i mean there's one in north park there's there's one every day of the week in san diego so there's places to find them um it's just a matter of like kind of doing the research but i think uh nowadays like bryce said too social media is super powerful and that's how we kind of share our story is we want to you know you can't really like just show up on our on our ranch usually unless i invite you over but you can see what we do on the day-to-day you get to see our you know how we raise our animals and you know everything that goes into it so that's a really great way for people to feel connected to is just to 
see those kind of things and aspects of it. That, then that's really important to me, at least. I imagine to other people who really care about their food, mm-hmm. which I'm finding quite a few actually that that really care about the origins of the of the ingredients. And uh, I, I just wish it were more. Like I, when, I, when I moved to Valley Center, I was really hoping that I would find all of those avenues. You know, I, I, I did recently find when I'm doing this whole pig, as I said before, uh, and I did find a rancher in Valley Center that has whole pigs. But besides that. Not really. I've not really found the access to any. And I've asked a lot of people, hey, do you know anybody who does this? And you do that? But do you think one of the things that turns or that is, is difficult is that you do you have to buy the entire cow, you know, yeah. certainly, and then certainly. that comes in. OK, well, it's very costly because yeah. you're going to have to store this, pay for this. And I would it would be something cool. Of course, if you had like a bunch of people like yeah. members yeah. inside, let's all buy of, it together. Yeah. yeah. A lot of our buyers do that. We only do half and um, whole shares of beef because it's a lot easier, honestly, for the butcher because there's only one tri-tip. There's only one brisket. And mm-hmm. if right. you split a cow in quarters, it's like, who's going to get the brisket? Right. Who's going to get the tri-tip? And then it gets all... Me. Yeah. It gets all like kind of confusing. So it's just easier for us to do like split it in half and then if you want to split it with another family member or a friend or a neighbor, then you can go ahead and, you know, divvy it up how you want to do it. But honestly, buying a whole animal is a lot more cost effective long-term just because it's a lot of money up front, mm-hmm. but you know, it like price per pound, it's a lot cheaper than if you were to buy retail cuts at the store. So, I mean, it's, a, it's one of those things you have to make an investment. You have to make sure you have the freezer space. You have to make sure, right. you know, you're prepared for that, but Essentially, long term, it is a, a great way to go if that's something that you can afford and you can do at home. But like you said, ultimately, if you calculate it out, it comes out to be, you know, probably less. Yes, right? exactly. So, yep. Something that, that I don't think all, all people think about. Yeah. You know, I certainly do. Yeah, they see like, like, you know, money signs coming at them when it's like, okay, this is what it's going to cost. But if you break it down, you know, price per pound, mm-hmm. it's, you know, what did we say? It's like about eight dollars a pound ish depending on the size of the animal so i mean that's that's considering like your ground beef to all the way to your fillets right so you know it's and, a good and, and how long does that last once you let's say you get your delivery of you know your half an animal and you stick them in the freezer how long does it last in there do you depend think? or oh are you talking about how long will it last in the freezer yeah well i mean coming so we talked about hunting and stuff sure. and coming from that side of things and we've process we process our own deer that we that we hunt here in Southern California. And I mean we've had we've had venison that we can thaw out and eat within, you know, a couple of years. Really? You know, as, okay. as long as it as long as it's wrapped correctly, you know, and butchered correctly, you know, sometimes certain like your fats and stuff will kind of start to go rancid first before the actual meat. So if you're doing wild game, then you're, you know, trimming off. I mean, the fat, the fat on our deer around here is non-existent, so you don't have to do much trimming. Um, but when it comes to that, as far as preservation in the freezer, you, you know, you can usually have it lasting up to a couple of years. Um, it also depends on how much you eat. Yeah. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking to myself, you know, if you want to buy a, a half an animal, let's say you did it yourself. I mean, how you have, what, 500 pounds, 400 pounds of meat on a half an animal? Well, so, so well, yeah, so, I mean, on the, on the breakdown, you're looking, you know, if you had a 1,200 pound live weight animal and then take about 60% of that between like 60, 65% would be what we would consider like a carcass weight. Okay. That'd be like a hanging weight yeah. of it, of it, you know, skinned, gutted, just meats and bones on the, sure. on the rail. 
Um, Sounds so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're hungry. Um, so, so at that point, then you're looking at 800 pound carcass, and then from that point, then you're you know you're looking at probably about half of that being half of that to 70 percent, you know, being actual meat, depending yeah. depending on on the you know actual carcass. Sure. Um, you know, when you have your carcass weight, that includes all the fat. Sometimes there's too much fat on the animal that gets trimmed off. Yeah. Uh, those trimmings go into the ground beef. You know, that way you get a right. little bit more, a more, more of a juicy, yeah, yeah juicy succulent mm, meat. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're looking at, you know, a carcass like that, then, you know, you're looking maybe between four and 600 pounds of meat right. and then you split that in half, then, you know, then you're going two, 300 pounds on a, on a half sure. of a, sure. half an animal and de- depending, depending on the size of it, you know, some are bigger, some are smaller, just genetically. Sure. So You'd be, you'd you be surprised choose, how though? fast it goes. C- can you like come and choose your animal? Like I want Steve. I want Steve. I want Jimmy. Our, want first, Jim. our first year, um, we had a, a local family that came and he, they picked out their steer. Okay. And that was their steer. It was number four. And they, yeah. they knew. And I would send them pictures and stuff of their steer. And right. they were super into it. You know, mm-hmm. not everyone's into that, but yeah. Sure. Because I mean, yeah. Yeah, because then you're going to, yeah. Yeah, some people get a little, you know. It's, it can be a little weird for well, some. Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> s- silence of the lambs over here. Because yeah, <laughs> like, uh, she uh, she loves the movie, but she when you heard the story, she, you were telling the story about when you were a kid, you went to a ranch. Yeah, my my you, uncle, um, you know, they would take us maybe every every now and then to some, and I was young, but so I have no idea. It could have been like somewhere around here. Who knows? Because we I was you know born and raised in L.A., so it wasn't far. It was like within a hour two hours of drive and we would go to this little ranch and they had you know they had goats and cattle and all, you know ra- they would be we would be hunting rabbits which they call it birria yeah i couldn't the, the but the rabbit you know they this is where i think i was traumatized right they go to take us out we're gonna go hunting for these rabbits and then you i guess if you don't kill them properly they're squealing and oh, it, yeah. it's just horrible. So in my mind, I was traumatized by it. But then they I'm had. Tra- I'm, a tra- I'm a traumatized hearing your story right now. Yeah. But there I know, was, sad. there's goats on this farm. And so I'm like, okay. So we'd go and every, I would always know this goat for whatever reason, that goat came up to me. Oh. It was like super sweet to me. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, that's my goat. And then the next time I went back to that farm, they're like, oh, well, there's your goat. It's hanging. Don't it's she- like hanging oh. all cut <laughs> open. And I was like, just like, oh. no. I know oh, it's man. a hard thing, but you know, it's like, that's the difference though. Cause a lot of people aren't used to that and mm-hmm. that's totally understandable. And there's like nothing wrong with that. But I mean, for our kids, for example, I try to incorporate them with everything we do because it's just like a lost, you know, thing that people don't have that connection to anymore. Yeah. It's not common. They need to. You it's absolutely not have common to. It's not. to be able to see your animal come from like from birth to your dinner plate. It's mm-hmm. not a common thing. So like, like when we did our steers last week, I, I didn't have them down there for the actual killing, but the killing was super quick. Our butcher, you know, he knows what he's doing. So it happened super fast. They don't even know what hit them. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I brought down our kids down there and they watched the whole process. They're asking questions or holding the heart, you know, it's like, see, I wish see, I had this. They get to see the whole process, but mm-hmm. that's the thing is like, they're getting raised around it. I was raised that way too. Mm-hmm. I mean, my family hunted animals like deer and we hunted rabbits and stuff too as kids, but, and doing 4-H and FFA, it's just something that I'm, I'm used to. 
and it and it still hurts every single time we we have to take an animal Mm -hmm. but the thing that i always you know tell myself and tell my kids is we raised that animal we took care of that animal now they're taking care of us and they're taking care of other families and we we gave them the best life that we could possibly give and that's that was our job and now their job is to be able to sustain other families and that's a good way to look at it yeah look and the reality (laughs) is is these animals are not meant to live you know like forever and you know the the idea that we just go down to the market and we just go look in those glassy packages and uh not knowing what's going on you know i mean stuff sometimes sometimes it looks off in the store Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The packages, all that. You know. Oh yeah, there's there's different different gases, chemicals. Yeah. You know that they're able to kind of put on the meat to make Let's it see, uh-uh. make it bright red, no, and no. keep it, keep it yeah. looking you know yeah. fresh, and oh you know it's gosh. sitting there for a week, and you expose it to air, and yeah. it starts oxidizing, no. and starts turning brown. And no way. So they doesn't look good when yeah. that happens. So they have to do something about it usually. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord. Yeah, it's see, all, now it's you're, all yeah, about. Now I'm you never going to want to buy something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, people are very visual. You know. Yeah. You you want to you want to look at something. You know. Coming, coming from you for the, yeah. you know, for the chef side of things, yeah. you want to make plates that look good, well, you I mean, know, I think, makes, and makes Japan, it taste better. If you look at Japan, uh, every, every, every time they have a, they buy something, the blue fin, they go to a special marketplace, uh, they, they eat with their eyes. Everything yeah. is from eat with their eyes. It's an, it's an art. Yeah. And you know, I can appreciate that. Man, it, well, to me, it's, it's vital. I mean, now when I go to places, I mean, the moment I see, like last time I went to this place, boy. I knew immediately I was in the wrong spot. I was like, Mm-mm, <laughs> nah, <laughs> you know, just, no, no. And, and the thing about it is you, you don't want to be critical of these places because you're not trying to hurt their business. No. But, you know. Uh, but when they say that, I mean, like I've looked for places too where it's like, oh, farm to table. Okay, let me go to this place and see how good it is. And yeah. you know, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not. Yeah. I don't know if they're yeah. being honest. Yeah, I, I always yeah. tell people too, you know, they're like, oh, how do you eat, how do you eat wild game? How do you eat venison? Yeah. Didn't that, isn't that gamey? I'm like, oh. I, oh, could, come on. I could, I guarantee I could cook you a really bad filet. Yeah. 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 So yeah. It's, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of it's preparation and, yeah. you know, I know you have an appreciation for that. It's preparation and how you, how you really treat Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, so. and, you know, I was watching that Ranella show, the meat eater with Steve Ranella, and uh, they were talking about a gland that if you touch the meat, the, the blade, oh, yeah. the oh, gland, yeah. yep. you ruin the whole animal. And yep. I'm like, really? Oh yeah. oh yeah. The tarsal gland. There you go. Yep. That's it. It's some kind of, what's the smell? Do you remember? Well, you know what the smell is. I mean, was. well, so, so when uh deer, when deer are like in their breeding season, yeah. uh, when they're rutting, they, yeah. the males will basically, their tarsal glands, they're, get, yeah, you know, start business. producing yeah. this uh, very, very pungent, <laughs> yeah. aromatic yeah. and, uh, you know, scent gland, basically, we sure. call them scent glands. Sure. Um, it's so, in the neck. Is there in the neck? Um, the, so the ones that the tarsal glands back, like on the like rear legs, kind okay. of what I would, I don't, it's not really called the knee on a, it's on a, a deer, the hawk. Yeah. So, um, those, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's not a not a pleasant uh, smell. Yeah, and it's not not a pleasant taste either. Right. So you're saying once you do that, it just changes the everything. Yep. It, yeah, it can you taint, can't eat taint it? the meat. Yeah. I mean, you can eat it, but, but it, 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 taste it'll, it tastes like tarsal gland. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think I you don't want that. I, I, I don't know it doesn't want. sound right. Nah, nah. No, hey, let's have you know what? Let's have the tarsal gland uh, yeah. kebabs. You know, Yum. no, 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 no. Thank you. You Maybe try, you try it and tell me how. It yeah, is. yeah. Well, I've heard too. Uh, and of course, when you watch that show, you start to realize that you, they're not just eating the normal cuts. Like the they're eating fat, they're eating all the mm-hmm. the tendon, the grinding up certain parts of the animal that are tougher yep. into sausages or whatever. And this, I just want to. And that that's the great thing too. I mean, going 
in using both sides of it on the hunting side and then also raising, you know, whole and half half animals, yeah. you know, you're lo- you're looking at all the cuts on the animal. Oh wow. You're able, you know, you're you're looking at the cuts that you wouldn't <laughs> uh-huh. go to the store to buy cuz yeah. it's foreign right, to right. you. But yeah. when you have it in your freezer, you, you don't want to waste yeah. it. Yeah. So you mm, figure out yeah. how to cook it. You figure sure. out what the best recipe for it's going to be, the best cooking method. You know, yeah. am I going to throw it in the cast iron? Am I going to yeah. put that in the crock pot? Like, yeah. do I think we, we, I think do we, we have more to talk this? about. We have a lot yeah. more to talk about. <laughs> you know, so I was watching that show uh, and I was saying to Allie, you know, you should do Allison or Allie. What do you prefer? I usually go by Allie, but he always calls me Allison. So okay. I'll it's call. just whatever okay. flies mm-hmm. out the mouth, I'll okay. respond Got you. probably. <laughs> well, I was, I, was, I, was, I was talking to you about this mediator show, which I thought was so great because they do the hunt. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they come to the local uh, house, wherever they're staying, and they cook it right there. And then uh, you have a couple of the hunters or you even have a chef along mm-hmm. who is, you know, they're known for doing the game or whatever. And the, the ideas that are transferred because, you know, you can uh, wrap, do this one in a sausage or do this one in a filet or do this one uh, in a, uh, let's say, a shallow braise uh, so you can, you know, render the the connective tissues or whatever, make it softer and edible. Yeah. Um, but that, that to me is the fascinating science behind all of this. And, and like you said, uh, hearing about my whole life about, oh, you don't want to eat deer. It's too gamey. Uh, but, you know, I, I heard a story. My uncle took my father hunting in Washington where I, my reservation is. And they got my uncle apparently was a fantastic hunter. Uh, the story I was told is that my father was woken up about four o'clock in the morning and they ended up uh, going out into the woods like near their, I'm sorry, okay. n- near your house, near their house. And, um, my uncle John, who I had never met, uh, he apparently shot a deer and he was like, it's right there and they're in the dark. And, and this is the story. I don't know if they were in the dark. It could have been <laughs> middle of the afternoon. I have no idea. But, uh, he said, uh, he told my father, Hey, it's right there. And he was like, where? I don't see anything. And then he goes right there and took a shot and, and took the animal down and, uh, they end up having deer. But the thing about it, I've always heard all these stories about, Hey, don't shoot it. Uh, you have to make a clean kill. Because if you don't, then uh, the adrenaline's pumping and it causes the changes of the meat. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's part of why people are kind of put off by hunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not. There's lots of reasons why people are put off by hunting. Well, that's yeah. not. I, I, well, you know. um, it's it's again, it's having to go the, the 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 chore or whatever going to hunting. You could be out there for two or three days and come away with nothing. Right. And if you are, let's say you're doing archery, which I've heard for, through Joe Rogan, that you're almost like the odds of you hitting an animal within let's say 40, 40 yards or whatever um, is slim and none. Mm-hmm. And then you have to creep up on the animal with a bow. So I've seen some, but then if you want to actually come home with the possibility of actually having some meat, you definitely want to have a rifle. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh. Still, still the odds of it are slim. It's okay. Uh, they they want to chime in too. They're yeah. like, I want to be on a podcast. So he's ready for some meat. Yeah, let's do it. So, um, anyways, <laughs> the um, but it is that that is part of it too. The you know, pitas against the the killing of the animals. Uh, there's all these uh, this this uh, marketing ploy that's come out against it, and that as if the animals are living off in a you know a, a deer Shangri La somewhere, or they're going off on vacation. They're out there being uh, tracked down by predators, um, which you know we're a predator too in a sense, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it comes down to like, is there really a humane way way to kill? I don't you think know? there is. You, you think of these animals being out in nature yeah. and the way that they're dying. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would you would you like to walk around for two months just starving yourself because your body's been diseased and yeah. you're just slowly dying and yeah. rotting from the inside? You would you, would you like to get attacked yeah. by a mountain lion yeah. where you're getting held against your will right, and right. being suffocated? The, there's no, I mean, yeah, that's you know, not a great thing. I mean, those animals say, are not living I'd the say life. A, a quick, you know, a quick yeah. gunshot or sure. an arrow. Is... <laughs> and I think too, like hunters are usually out there practicing and. Uh, making sure that their aim is correct and whatnot. Like we sh- shoot our bows all the time. And, you know, and the purpose of that is if we're going to take down an animal, we're going to take it down one time. We're not going right. to be like chasing this thing. Cause like you said, the adrenaline does, you know, will affect well, the meat okay. and it's, then you're just running on a wild goose chase everywhere. And, um, I and then mean, I've seen, sorry to interrupt you, but I've seen these situations where they, you lose track of the animal yep, yeah. and it can go off somewhere and die or be and be in pain or something. Uh, that's yeah. So I, this, you have to be, yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, there's never, never a light, yeah. you know, a light moment with it. It's, right. You know, it's definitely difficult. Serious but. business. Yeah. But it's, I mean, yeah, at the same time, the result is so delicious. Yeah. yeah. So well, see, that's the thing. I mean, it's like for me, I don't, I would. No, I'm not, I will never go out and hunt. I mean, that's just me. I mm-hmm. can't do it for many reasons. Not just like, okay, it's difficult to kill something. That's the whole process. Like you guys are out there for hours or days. Yep. I don't have that kind of patience. Right. That will drive me insane. But you're going to be the first one to line but up when the, the dishes come. To eat. When the plates, yeah. when it's all I, done. Hey, dinner's ready. But hey, see, where's the... I have the... that appreciation for yeah. the food. Yeah. I, I want it. Yeah. But see, that, that's kind, that to yeah. me is kind of the idea behind these meat eaters who don't like hunting. How could you not, I mean, look, if you're, you're doing something uh, humane for an animal, you're doing, you're treating the animal far better than it is being treated in a, in a farm or in these factory farms where they're pumping it full of right, right. steroids and, and pumping it full of uh, uh, antibiotics to keep the animal alive and healthy. But when you have an animal that's grazing the countryside, uh, foraging on, on live things or their, their native uh, food, and they're living, uh, you know, I mean, living, a, I don't know how the life they're living, but they're not living like, not driving jet skis. But, you well, know, let's put it this way. This is nice. This yeah. is a beautiful place. Yeah, here, so it's nice. It's an ideal thing for the animal. And then you get to, you know, you get to reap the rewards of that. And then you're putting it down in a safe, humane way, essentially. I don't understand how you could possibly have that that re, you know they reject that idea no yeah the, I, I, the hunters yeah, too do. they have a great appreciation for the animal yeah. and like a lot of us are huge in conservation too yeah, like, see, I get you know it. conserving the land because it allows us to get out and enjoy nature and yeah. without you know we got a huge huge public land system here yeah. in the united states yeah. and a lot of the a lot of the hunting and you know outdoors in general, all the activities contribute a lot of money, and you know, well, the, I, the I know tax, that you've yeah, tax, you've yeah. heard of yeah, yeah Pittman Robertson. Yeah, like, yeah. it's huge. It, you know, we pay our taxes on firearms, archery, certain archery equipment, yeah. fishing equipment, um, all going back into conservation for our public lands, so that we have these have these places to be. And well, I imagine that's the idea behind the, the hunter. I mean, the, you, look, why would you want to taint the environment that you're going to be uh, reaping the the rewards from? Yep. So it's to, all a balance. To, yeah, to keep it together and. and and you were talking earlier about uh, having a sustained kind of a process, you know, being able to take the grains from the the local breweries and the the apples from the uh, local, you know, Julian uh, pie, the apple people, mm-hmm. uh, having this this ongoing. Why don't you tell us more yeah, about that? So because let him tell that we we were, as, to just you know, curtail, a pigtail on that was we were watching a show. What, what was that documentary you were watching uh, that had the that the guy that created his farm? Oh yeah, it was oh, a was great, it Vegas Little Farm. Yes, that could have been it. Such a great yeah. 
Yeah, Bam. that's a good good one. If mm-hmm. anyone has and and that's kind of and that and in that, do you want you to describe what that was? What what was the concept behind that? Well, no, I mean to me, I thought it was awesome because you know us coming from big you know city and yeah. wanting to move to to a more country away from all these people and have our I mean granted we only have two and a half acres and we're not going to do what these people but are no, doing you, but we they, can do it you we can totally use totally space do it. Yeah. I totally could I know so when I saw that uh, somebody I work with you know he heard I was on a conference call he heard my chickens squawking in the background and he's like where the hell are you and so I'm like yeah he's like but we don't we don't curse sick. on this podcast oh, this is <laughs> So, or well, the heck. So I told him, you know, he's like, I thought you live in San Diego. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I do. I go, but there's rural parts of San Diego. I live mm-hmm. in the farm country. I go, we've got, it's all horse property over here. And so he said, so when we started, he was asking me questions and talking about it. He's like, oh my God, you have to see the biggest little farm. He's like, you, you've got to see it. So I put that on for us. I remember getting that and I was like fascinated yeah. by how they utilized everything yeah, and all the animals and all the plants work together to create it's a amazing from the ecosystem. snails to the yeah yeah every... with the uh, ducks yep yeah. they brought the ducks on to collect yeah, the snails all, all creating that symbiotic yeah. environment and exactly. that's i mean that, and that's what kind of you guys are shooting for him in a sense yeah. right yep we're working exactly. on working on trying to keep the land as healthy as possible because healthy you know yeah. healthy going yeah. back to that that uh movie a documentary that do a great job of kind of explaining oh, man. The, the health of soil it made me want to get yeah. out of bed in the morning and run out yeah. there and start Get the, where's my ducks? Yeah, yeah we, we started of, going know. out there. We're like, okay, we're going to make this soil better. <laughs> yeah. And we're gonna, you know, we're, yeah, yeah. The health of the soil, soil you know, um, just completely changed the landscape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's the cool thing about cattle is cattle. You know, they they graze, and then sure. when you're properly managing your pasture land um, by like rotating them around and whatnot. I mean, they eat, they poop, they step in it, sure. it goes back in the soil. That creates, you know, all the microbes and everything, yeah. all the good stuff to yeah. be able to create like That's new fantastic. growth. And it's just a, a continuous circle. And then, you know, it brings in all the bugs, which brings in the birds, which brings, you know, yeah. butterflies, whatever. Yeah. You know, we got coyotes, deer, I don't know, bobcat, everything. Yeah, when you when you look at animals, you know, all of their waste gets recycled. And going back to what you were kind of leaning towards was with you know, us recycling some of the brewer's grain with, you know, some of these apples from the local uh, pie shops and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Humans have a lot of waste and, you know, some of these places are sending it to landfills sure, where it's no. decomposing there, but, yeah. you know, being able to recycle that, those, you know, use the human waste products, you know, as yeah. far as, you know, oh, we're not going to eat the apple cores. We're not going to, we can't eat the spent brewer's sure. grain because our bodies can't physically digest it. it. Yeah. So, you know, cows being ruminant animals, they're able to break down, break down the uh, walls of the, of the barley from the spent grain it, from brewing. And that's from the, they have multiple stomachs to yep. do that, right? Yeah, they got they four stomachs. They actually have one stomach or, with four compartments. Okay. Yes. All right. I, I, Comes I had from it. the vet tech over here. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, no. Well, I, I, I was totally wrong. I had no idea. I, I thought I, that's I a common misconception, but it's one whole stomach and then it's got four little compartments. That, that process the uh, grains. Yep. Well, you know, I was going to say this to you. Uh, if you, if you want to put a message out there right now maybe someone will hear you uh maybe if you like i was thinking stone i mean stone produces a lot of and they're local yeah i mean if you had a connection to those people or maybe like the apples what other kind of uh things would be good for the animals to have yeah well there's yeah there's i mean there's other farms and stuff and farms and ranches that are working with other other producers of you know vegetables and all these fruit producers and stuff where they're able to kind of harness some of this uh some of the waste you know it's like 
you know, you go you go to the store and get avocados. It's like, oh, that that avocado doesn't look good. It's not human yeah. grade. Right. You know, there's a, there's a lot of hmm. waste. There's a lot of waste yeah. out there as sure. far as or, the you know food production goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we um we one of our friends that's a local rancher too. She's in the farm bureau as well. But she got a phone call from the San Diego Food Bank, and they had how many like so much stuff. But anyways, they had a bunch of um, oats to get rid of, so they contacted local ranchers, and we ended up recycling the oats back into wow. cattle and back into pigs. Yeah, so and, and we in Valley like Center, that. we have avocado. Well, not us, but we have friends that have avocado orchards, and I don't know if that would be any interest. Yeah, um, you know, some some people like pig farmers and stuff. Sometimes they'll use the avocados. Yeah. It's high in fats. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and delicious. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and they go bad fast too. They do. Avocados. Yeah. They, I mean, you take them, you leave them on the counter for a couple of days, they're gone. Yeah. Done. I mean, uh, even, even the apples and stuff. When I was, when I was growing up, I worked to press, uh, press apples for apple cider up in Japan oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. the, the amount of apples that we would throw out because, you know, they might fall off or get bruised yeah. and then it's like, all right, well, we can't put this in the cider. Yeah. You can't press this. You know, it might might have, you know, be starting to mold or something. Yeah. So that's all waste. And being able to recycle that and, you know, turn it into a product that can be beneficial to us. You I know, love it, that. I just love the whole process of it. You know, I think there should be more of that. Do you guys have like people that you work with? Like there's like, hey, I work specifically with these people in Julian for the apples, right? I work with the apples is a free for all. Yep. And it's, a, I call it apple wars. It's like an apple battle. Oh, everybody's like, everybody's trying to get. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. it's like uh, it's like what is it? Uh, uh, what do they call that Friday uh, after Thanksgiving when you go shopping? Oh, Black oh, Friday. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that. It's like crazy. much like that every single day. But um, wow. Like I mean, we just swing by and see if there's apples, and if there are, there's usually like what, like ten to twelve yeah, we're, bags. We're a little bit more casual with yeah, it. We're yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Okay. We'll, it's, we'll grab yeah. some if we if we see it. But I mean, the spent brewers grain is where really where we benefit the most, and okay. we do work with um, a few brewers. We have um, we get brewers grain from Nickel Brewery up in Julian. Um, so that's a quick drive. We just, you know, swing up there after work sometimes and grab a couple barrels. And then we also work with Viewpoint Brewing down in Del Mar, which also works with um, Pacific Coast Spirits, which is in Oceanside. So, oh, we actually have been there. Yeah, we've yeah, been there. Yeah, they do. It's super delicious. And they make their own liquor. They, yep. 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 Okay. They're super cool. Super cool people. So okay. we've been working with them and that's just kind of like how we got in. And But it's kind of hard to come by because a lot of these big brewers and stuff like Stone or... Yeah. Or those the big the big guys they usually have like probably contracts with like big dairies mm-hmm. up north. Mm-hmm. Or That's what I was going to ask you. Else. So do these breweries already? Yeah, like, or it's going to land. Yeah, some of them have contracts with other farms and you know dairies, ranches, stuff like that. And then some of it is just filled with you know 40, 40 yard dumpsters. Yeah, and wow. loaded up because so, they're creating but so. We have so, so much. many breweries, right? Yeah, are, yeah. There's um, yeah, there's so much Diego. you know spent grain being produced and you know some of it is unfortunately going to waste yeah. but i think the hard part too is like the ranchers and farmers being able to come and pick it up because it gets stinky quick especially in the summer oh, really? so the brewers are like come on like i need you to pick it up and sometimes you know farmers and ranchers are busy on their own so yeah. sometimes it's hard to find that connection that's like you know gonna be something that's going to work out. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that and it's a huge investment on on the farm and ranch side, right? You know, with the proper equipment to be able to haul it off, you know, when you're when you're talking about you know, yeah, so you have spent grain, it's 75% water approximately, you know, 70 75% water and water's heavy. 8 pounds per right. gallon, yeah. right? And, and you know, transporting that we, heavy load. you know, we're, what we're using is 55 gallon drums, so you're looking at over 400 pounds right. for for one of those drums sure. and then, you know, 
now now Not you need so a easy. now you need a bigger truck you need a bigger yep. trailer you know and then you got these places that are producing tons and tons of it so you're needing needing really big equipment in order to haul it off and sometimes that's often you know a little bit more difficult for the investment up front for these farms and ranches is economically it's really difficult to make that initial initial investment especially with the you know prices not being right super awesome for sure is that something though that you guys could like work with you know all your neighbors or you know and yeah we've kind of... we've talked about it you yeah. know trying to trying to work out a situation where we can all either go in on on mm -hmm. like a you know roll off dumpster right. with, with yeah. a trailer that way right. we can kind of get it hauled hauled or one of us can haul it to a single location and then we can all kind up. of meet yeah. at that one location and grab what we need exactly well you know it would be probably a really great idea to kind of kind of like uh, open the door to the possibilities that anybody listening uh, who has the access to that situation or um, anything else you might want to welcome you know as far as uh, you know uh, what do they call that you know the the apple cores or the the skins or whatever whatever would be good for your animals. It'd probably be a good idea to open the door to that. So is there, I mean, is there another type of product that would be uh, you know desirable I mean, for cattle? They can eat kind of a lot of different things. Like we have a friend up in Montana. They fed out steers on potatoes when the pandemic happened. A bunch of potato wow. farms couldn't you know get rid of their yeah. Potatoes all the restaurants all the restaurants were closed, so there's no nobody using yeah, potatoes for French, French fries. fries. Right. So right. there were a lot of potatoes and. You know, some of these some of these places raise potatoes for seed stock for the next year, yeah. and they're like, "Well, we don't need to plant any anything because there's not going to be any food." See, I, I was watching that uh, documentary about five or six years ago that called King Corn. Did you ever watch that? I did not. Uh, you should watch it. It was pretty fascinating. Um, at some point, uh, the uh, the animals were being all fed all corn, and then uh, the price of corn went up, but the price of candy stayed the same. So uh, the the rumor was that the uh, farmers were feeding the candy to the cows or the animals. Oh. And so it, it's a really, it's a, it's a, it'll change your, your whole thought about corn. Yeah. You watch this thing and maybe in a bad way and a good way, but that um, you start realizing that corn is everywhere. Yes, it is. And, uh, it, but it was like, you know, I would hate the idea that I'm going to eat a, a steak that was fed candy. Bunch of candy. I, I nah, <laughs> uh, mm, no. Doesn't make it sweet. It doesn't make no, <laughs> no. And it and it really, you start thinking about the nutrients. I mean, a while back, uh, and my dog was getting sick, so I started thinking. After it was, it was a death in the family, but kind of like her, she had a very bad diet, my sister. So uh, I started looking at my animals, going, you know what? Every, the only the only nutrients the animals that 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 they get is from me. So if I'm not feeding them something like quality dog food or whatever, uh, they're they're going to get subpar uh, nutrients in their diet and thus produce poor you know quality eggs or not produce the eggs. Or in the case of uh, you know the the beef, you know if they were to eat stuff in a uh, in a barnyard and just being fed a bunch of nonsense, uh, that goes on to you. So does it uh, did, like with well, say the uh, what they call the farm salmon. They feed those, they feed them some garbage too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Stuff that they shouldn't be feeding them. Yeah. Uh, really, I think it was, again, something to do with the candy, if I recall correctly. Uh, in those tanks, they feed them just, you know, whatever. And then, of course, they're eating the excrement. So, look, I, I, what you guys are doing is so amazing. And I think that everybody should know about it. Uh, if they're not, you know, if the, the, I don't think people know the accessibility. And again, they don't know how to contact you and say, hey, I want to come over and get a half a, half a cow. So, um, 
Yeah. I think that that's one of the things that we talk about as well. Um, you know, we don't want to put anything in our consumer's mouth that we don't want to eat. Yeah. So, you know, we take a huge pride in what we're doing and we do the research and stuff to make sure that, you know, we're, we're making, making beef that we would want to eat. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to tell these people how to get in touch with you? I mean, how, how, how would you do it? Uh, so we have a website that's okay. probably the best way to, you know, find out more about us and whatnot. And that is flyingfranch.org. And I always tell people, if you're interested in purchasing a steer or half a steer or whatever, to just subscribe to our mailing list. Cause that's the first way people are going to find out that that's what, that when we have it available. Um, so that pops up on there. And then, um, if you want to follow along on what we're up to on our day to day, we are on Instagram, which is also like connected to our Facebook. Um, and our Instagram is just flying F ranch with underscores in between the F. So it's flying underscore F underscore ranch. And, um, you can email me. My email is a fender 614 at gmail.com. And that's pretty much how you can get a hold of us to. Yeah, I was gonna say if you if you have any questions or anything, you yeah. can email email yeah. Allison about that. If you have any questions about any other like types of products, you know we're we're definitely open to that as far mm-hmm. as connecting connecting people to other other yeah. farms and ranches that might be doing something different from what we are. And you know we are a small producer, so we don't have product you know year round. Yeah. Uh, but there might be somebody down the road that might have something coming up. So, you know, our, our goal is to increase awareness for San Diego County to, you know, connect them to their farms and ranches. I, I'm, you know, I'm so happy that we, you know, that you invited us over here because, um, I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't. And I, I, I was like, you know, uh, this is, can't be happening. Uh, because uh, like I said, I've been looking for, for this conduit for a long time and uh, didn't know that I could do it right here in California. I was, and, and yeah, he's uh, looking out at a state thinking I, I gotta go I hunting. Like, I don't know, in, you know, I don't, you know yeah, well, as a matter of fact, we were talking about hunting and, and my aversion to it. Uh, but I was like, you know, I really want deer. I want elk. I want those fresh meats to feed to my family. And, um, how do I do it? And then you're, I'll be, now that you're a hunter, I know that you're a hunter. I'm like, well, I talked to you about it. <laughs> uh, so, but, uh, I really do have that. I think I need to do it because I want the back straps. Come on. Oh, back straps. And, back yeah. Straps yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, other parts of the meat, other parts of the animal as well. But, um, yeah, I think it's the whole, I think it's such a great thing because you know what the connecting the dots between people who really want this, this kind of thing and don't know it's available. And, uh, and you're also available on Instagram and the other social medias oh, as yeah, well, right? You can message so, us. That's fine too. Whatever's easier. So, uh, and you said that, that you're, how far are you away from producing the first animal in your, in your new, you know? Our next yeah. Batch? So, so yeah, we're switching. I mean, kind of leaning towards more of the Angus breed now. So, um, we're going to end up breeding, breeding our heifers this year. So, I mean, unfortunately raising animals takes a long time. So, I mean, we're, as far as the Angus goes, it's going to be about two and a half years. Okay. Uh, well actually we got, we got a few that'll end up that are already bred and they'll end up calving this year. Um, so maybe about two years till we get, till we get something, Mm -hmm. um, from what we would, you know what we're what we're leaning towards and what yeah, what we goal. want our end our product goal to be. Our is the Angus side of things, and then right now we have our um, we do have three steers that will be ready in September October of this year of this year. Okay, and those are from like our our original herd, which there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. like our whole goal is to go Angus and just you yeah, know, and, and a lot a lot of it too is different breeds grow at different rates. Yeah. So a lot of what we, what we want to do is have more consistency. We want consistency in 
our cattle so that they're growing at the same, you know, close to the same rate sure. and same size so that we have consistency there so that the product, you know, the end product is similar from one buyer to the next. And then also with the, you know, internal consistency with the meat quality right. and stuff, you know, we, you know, consistency like, is everything. Yeah, like, like we said, you know, different breeds have different, different consistencies of meat. So yeah. Yeah. we want to make sure that over the over the next couple of years, we're going to kind of tailor our herd to having a very consistent product. Cool. So cool. And these animals that are available this year, are they already spoken for? Not yet. So now we got to figure. Uh, out. You guys are going to have to get on the list. <laughs> I'm going to have to start making some calls. Subscribe, hey, hey, are you guys in the mood for some ribs? Yeah, oh, it was only one set, so uh, it might be mine. <laughs> so yeah, that's great. No, so uh, anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I know you guys had to. You have to run, but I just you know, would you anything else you want to mention before we? We uh, head out. So that's pretty much the gist of it. Really. Okay. I mean, cool. like I said, um, we're pretty transparent. We are totally open to questions. Um, like we've been talking about this whole time, people just don't really realize that there is this outlet here in San Diego County in the backcountry. And honestly, a lot of us are open to, you know, having that conversation and bridging that gap that is there. So yeah. do you reach out if you have questions. I mean, it, I know it's, it doesn't make total sense, but do you guys go to farmer's markets? Do you talk to people like, you know? Are, I mean, are you able to do that at this point or do you have to go through a, the uh, USDA process? I would have to go through a USDA um, to get our meat USDA okay. pro- or certified in order to go through a farmer's market. But I personally like love to go to farmer's markets. That would be like my mm. dream, like weekend getaway is just to go to the yeah. farmer's market and pick yeah, I think, up whatever I, you know, whatever. That, I can and it's find great because you have face-to-face conversations with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think people have a lot of questions. Yep. Yes. They would have a lot of questions. I would. And I'd probably sit there for 40, well, an hour. I'd be yeah. sitting there an hour. <laughs> There's so much more to talk about. That's the thing. And, and look, I mean, uh, if, if, if whatever your convenience is, uh, let us know. We'd love to do another one. Yeah. Because um, I'm I'm even more, um, uh, God, what's the word? I'm, I'm more in, I'm now, in, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated. That's the word. I'm motivated more to connect the dots for you guys and for other, because, um, it's just not something that, I mean, I'll talk to my friends in LA. I mean, our old friends from LA that we knew from school or whatever, it, it looks like we have a third eye. Like, <laughs> like yeah. what are you talking about? Like moving you know? out here. Yeah. Do you like, know that it's not, are you nuts? Yeah. You know? And, and I'll say like she was saying about the chickens, you know, uh, we don't, we're, I, I always wanted the possibility of having a goat or having a, uh, you know, some other livestock at the house. Cause we have a little room. Uh, but I'm like, hmm, no, I don't want to care for the end. I don't want to be cleaning up their, their pen. Mm-hmm. I don't. So we, we got chickens and that's bad enough for us. Um, <laughs> but, um, they do make noise They're outside of her window and when she's on the phone, but, uh, I would love to have the ability to be able to raise my own animal, uh, let's say, uh, an Angus or something, but I, it's just, you know, it's a lot more work than I, so, you know, again, the, the somebody who wants what you're going to be producing is neither has access, neither has the motivation or the space or, um, so to, that's de- definitely a huge commitment. You know? Absolutely. And most people like these people from LA, these, uh, friends of ours, uh, they would be like, have my own beef. So like <laughs> the idea where you, you know, you'd, you'd, we'd get the animal from you and then you'd raise it for us and we could go visit the animal. Yeah. Uh, that just seems really foreign, yeah. you know, we but, had that, the, our first round of steers, we had a lot of like the buyers come by and like, just say, Hey, to like yeah. feed their animal and stuff. See, that's and awesome. It's a cool that's experience awesome. for people, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah. And that, that's kind of why we started doing a lot of the, you know, Instagram stuff so yeah. that people could follow along and, 
like Allison said, with the transparency, you know, really, really allow people to get a good visual of what we do on our day to day. I think it's super important because uh, anybody interested in, in quality and wants to know uh, the background of, I mean, I don't want to know the name of it. Hey, what was a mom's name? No, yeah. but I mean, you want to know, okay, if, if people could see the location that you're in and the, and how the animal's grazing and what it's grazing on, I mean, I'm gonna. I don't know. I, I'm gonna show that video uh, yeah, of the water, it up there. the put little pond in the background, and then you were calling them, and they were coming, and I was like, <laughs> "They're <laughs> like big puppy dogs." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just. It was just a fantastic experience. I mean, I was. I. I. I was. I was telling you out there. I've never experienced anything like this, and I don't think most people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's just a fantastic uh, experience. So thank you again for yeah, having you've us. You've opened my eyes too to the to this whole aspect, and you were mentioning oh, people have like wild turkeys too. Like mm-hmm. you know we've. Yeah. We, you know, I know I think, yeah, (laughs) Thanksgiving's coming up and, you know, and I don't really care for turkey that much, but I did last year. I really enjoyed my turkey. uh, Katie's turkeys are super good. We, um, I help her harvest them at the ranch because she has a hard time doing her own animals just because it's, you know, it's an emotional attachment, but I helped her process them and the the turkeys and those turkeys were so delicious and my friend Casey too who does the podcast with us she's she's a really good cook as well but she um did her turkey on the Traeger at home at okay. her place and she yeah. did like a cherry I forget it was like a cherry whiskey glaze or something she was Ooh. like it was the best turkey really? I've ever had yeah and Juicy? they were huge they Juicy? were big fat, yeah, very good. fat turkeys really yeah like just so good but same thing like they're out and she has an instagram too and she'll like post like her like videos of the turkeys right now she has them in eggs they're okay. gonna be hatching soon so she's you know showing all that but that's the thing like people are just so detached from all this totally totally and yeah. it's so cool to be able to have that access like social media is so awesome because you get to like see these things firsthand and uh, like in the in the comfort of your own home or yeah you know and at. you should really probably uh is there is there some place that somebody could buy a turkey if they want to do from your friend uh, yeah, if you go on her website, I think it's diamondbranch.org or diamondb.org. I'd have to like double check. Okay, no worries. Can find her we can post Instagram it. We'll post too. it. We'll yeah, post you it. can find her on Instagram too. She's diamond diamondb.ranch, I think. Okay. Any, anybody else that you want to like expose them out there while um, we're doing it? I mean, my cousin, Rolinda, she is literally our neighbor. She also raises beef. Um, she's Caracito Ranch. And she actually has USDA um, beef. So okay. if you want to buy cuts and like single cuts or boxes, okay. things like that, she does provide that. Um, she also has pork. And I think she's raising some chicken too, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But yeah, she's another one. Um, I feel like I'm, I know that there's a ton more. But like I That's said, right. check you know, out we'll the, do... the Farm Bureau website has all the, all the listings okay. on there. And another website to check out too is... Um, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna blank on it now. I can't think of it, but there's another website that you can okay. check out as well that shows all the local. Well, you know, if you give them to me, I'll just put farm them on shake. the. Farm Shake. It's Farm Shake. Farm Shake. Check out farmshake.com. Like F A R F A. Just as it sounds, like Farm Shake. Farm Shake. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. And you can, I think you can just type in your zip code and it'll pop up with like local ranches. Uh, you know, what I think wow, though, really? I think that would be really nice. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just thought that's so interesting. How do we not know any well, of this? This is, <laughs> this is a very informative day. Yeah. I mean, because, uh, like I said, I'm I'm an active person that likes to cook. I cook every day. Yeah. So uh, for me to not know that I could do this, it's just silly. Well, just like you were silly. saying about the the tuna dockside harbor. I mean, silly. San Diego. We we know a bunch of people down in San Diego lived here all their lives. They have no freaking idea that yeah. there is a 
Dockside. I didn't know about Dockside Harbor until recently too, and I really wanted. Well, to you're that. over here, but yeah. true. But I would <laughs> love they're, to have they're some. They're living fresh literally fish. within miles, a yeah. couple miles of it, and yeah. they don't know about it. Yeah. So, but it, I think you should definitely go there because it's going to be a lot like what you're trying to achieve. Ultimately, um, they have some amazing stuff. I mean, the, you can see the boat is right there, right. and then uh, they tell you uh, like a, you have an email. They have an email list, and they'll send you what they're bringing in on Saturday. So you can actually sometimes reserve that uh-huh. or. Or uh, you can pre-buy it and then just pick up your bag. Or And they had live crabs. They had uh, uh, sushi-grade uh, tuna. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was squid, everything. Squid, everything. Yeah. And it's just catch. fresh. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, right there. So uh, something definitely, if you're going to go down there anyways, you got, but no, go early. Yeah, or, you have to go early. Or, <laughs> or buy your bag in advance. Yeah. Because about, I think about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, it's gone. It's oh, already gone. done. Yeah. I mean, you could get, we went there, we bought some crabs. Uh, but they were the, the they were small they were so small no, well because you know you, you when you think of crab you, you don't I mean my mind goes you're like the Alaskan crab yeah I, I think crab. Like, yeah, I, they, I, you know I think you're thinking of you know well the the, the claws were like uh, pencils oh. right yeah so we're, we're I mean we took them we're all excited and we're like oh we, the kids are yeah you know and then we started trying to fight that the work that the claw. work that goes into getting yeah, that meat was like it was a lot of work for very little I mean the the, <laughs> the juice was not worth the squeeze yeah so. But uh, I mean, t- everything tastes delicious, but you know, but the tuna, ugh. so good. man, it was cheap. I mean, it wasn't cheap. $10 a pound yeah. for yeah. sushi grade tuna. For sushi grade tuna. Yeah. I mean, and, that's And that's I have a picture. Good. I want a picture I'll show you. I think it looked like uh, like uh, eight pounds of raspberry candy. Oh, oh yeah. That's what it looked like. Yeah. It was just so good. amazing. So, um, yeah, so I'm, things like that, things like what you're doing, that's amazing. That's, that that's really, really cool. I think that's why podcasts are so amazing and a unique uh they're very of the zeitgeist Mm -hmm. i think more conversations need to be had like this uh because uh not only does it uh inform you but it also uh, i I think it's a i think what we've done today i'm I'm, I'm not you know i'm not saying that we have this huge following or whatever but we're trying to grow the following and i think uh what we've done today is plant some really big seeds and i think if we can get the word out about the podcast or the grubcast yeah Get it right. So anyways, um, yeah, it's, it's my creation and I'm still messing it up. So, uh, but I think these uh, conversations are the nucleus for change uh-huh. and uh, it'll change people's minds. It'll change the way they live and the way they get their, uh, their food. Yeah. And I think that's going that to, it could have ripple effects, um, you know, if done correctly, if we, if we market this correctly and people, enough people hear about it. I think that the idea of having a butcher shop or a butcher house here local, um, that's necessary. And if you get the word out about that, there could be someone listening, not that may know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody mm-hmm. that could affect that change. And that could be exciting because, you know, um, I would love to see that. I, I would, would love too. to see that. It too. would just be really cool. Like I yeah. said, just it would just be a whole other avenue of income for our, for our local economy. You know, like yeah. we could bring in you know different ranches and farms from yeah. all over the place and yeah. be able to provide food farm to table. Yeah. You know, legitimately. And I mean, is there anybody we can talk to? I mean, we can we vote for this? Can we write it on uh, a ballot? Can I we? I mean, you can always contact your. The, you know, the San Diego County office. Um, I mean, I know that I've written to them before too yeah. about other issues and stuff that have to do with agriculture um, or even like the, the state office yeah. too, you know. Um, and Hannah from the Harm Farm Bureau said, you know, if you have any like anything that you want to bring to attention to right. always contact the Farm Bureau and they will help take care of things yeah. like politically too if, if there's like a, a roadblock or sure. something. Sure. You That's... know, I would think too, like restaurants, you would want, like these restaurants would want to be reaching out to all of 
mm-hmm. you know, these farms to, to actually source their stuff with, yeah. you know, people like The you. tricky thing with restaurants, though, is they want a bunch of one type of cut of meat. Usually. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like they want like 50 ribeyes or right. you know what I mean? And there's yeah. only like so many ribeyes on a cow. And that's right. So you have to, but that's the thing. That's what makes it cool, too, is you can get creative with your cuts and be able to utilize mm-hmm. that whole animal. Um, but you know, that's, that's just things to consider and to think about. Mm-hmm. And are they, and I think maybe you said too, like, the, um, some restaurants have these restrictions, like I can only buy whatever. from a certain location, like, a certain avenue. FDA, it, what, yeah. yeah. They have certified. to have USDA yeah. uh, certified meat for sure. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just things that, you know, could change in the next few years. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the pandemic happened, everyone freaked out and, Grocery stores were empty and there was no toilet paper. Yeah, and yeah. who would have thought no any of that would paper. have happened? <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, it's opened some eyeballs, I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people really want to know where their food comes from, which in a way is a blessing for us because yeah. it's something that I think is super important and people are realizing the importance of it. I think so. I mean, that pandemic did. It has opened my eyes like to all of this and, and we couldn't we didn't want to go out right we're like oh my god we need to make sure we stock up with stuff and then he's like well yeah if i would have hunted if i would have got my big beef well, i would have had yeah. all this stuff here uh, yeah. for you and da, da, da. yeah so i mean yeah, roken i mean he fills up two freezers commercial freezers at the house and he gives meat away mm-hmm. that's how that's how much meat he has yeah and you know oh, give me an elk <laughs> i was gonna say a lot a lot of hunters are also givers so yeah yeah and see i'm kind of that way too we, we, we like to promote yeah. you know or kind of encourage people to try try the meat because yeah it's delicious. Well, not as it delicious, it's nutrient dense. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I mean, look, they've been feeding on stuff, and look at the color of the meat. Oh yeah, so striking. Yep. Uh, as a matter of fact, we went to uh, we went to a place called um, what was it called Convict Lake. Oh, You've heard of Convict yeah, Lake? We I've heard for of it. A little yeah. Walk around there. Okay, yep. you should next time you're there. If you feel up to a nice meal, there's uh, a place called uh, the restaurant at Convict Lake. It's uh, it is a is by far been my my favorite meal of my life oh. there. Uh, we were there. We had an experience. Um, when was it? Two years ago? Uh, was it two or last summer? Uh, I don't was, remember. Last summer or maybe it's going on too. We were there in the restaurant. And this this is like a, um, I don't know, like a cabin kind of thing. Like It doesn't have a, it doesn't have that sterile vibe. They have a, a giant uh, a copper hood right in the middle of the restaurant. And uh, they do everything. Uh, they do, uh, what is it called? Bananas Foster. Mm-hmm. You ever okay. had? Yeah, yeah. Yep. One of my favorite dishes. Uh, this is a fat guy, fat guy meal. Um, and they, they did it table side. You know, they're tossing into the flames in the air yeah, and all. Yeah. And then uh, they, okay, so we, we ordered two dishes. Mm-hmm. And we ordered, uh, you, what did you, you had the crown rack, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. And then they had uh, venison, right? Right. And so, uh, but th- these were medallions. And it must have been the backstrap. Yep. Beautifully, perfectly cooked. And they had a, uh, a, a cauliflower puree on, on, and they had some uh, asparagus tips. That, that yeah, that venison <laughs> yeah. was cooked to perfection. Yeah. I mean, it was pink, so uh, edged, delicious. Edged, pink, and then they had it came with a uh, they had some uh, uh, what is it uh, chimichurri across, oh, yeah. oh. a creamy chimichurri across the top. Yeah, so and, yeah, yeah. 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 And and we, so, I mean, I, I, yeah, I love meat and I love venison. I don't. Everybody says oh, it's gamey, but I no, love. It's, it was amazing. Yeah. It, was, it was the meal of my life. It's all and, about how you prepare it. Mm-hmm. It is, and it is, and then of course how you uh, how you you know hunt for it. Yep. I mean, if you touch the wrong land, <laughs> or if you catch them when they're like they have to run ten miles yep. uh, after they've been shot, uh, how can you know, your meat's going to be a little weird? Yeah, but um, yeah, clean kill. 
Mm-hmm. What would you say? What you say? Or you said uh, uh, aim small, aim small, miss small. Yeah, <laughs> some words to live by. So yeah, so uh, look, uh, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate being here. Thank you guys. Uh, for thank you so us. much Follow for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming. And out. Uh, yeah. and, and, and look, I would love to do another one with you guys. Uh, whatever you want to do, uh, because I think there's way more to talk about. And so uh, yeah, it's open the door to you guys. You guys are yeah, always sure. welcome. Um, so uh, anyways, uh, let's say goodbye. Thank you so much for having us. And and uh, it's been a great show. Uh, those who are listening, uh, keep listening and keep following us. Uh, we're working hard to make a, a good content for you. And, uh, you know, we're signing off for now. And be nice to each other. All right. Talk yes. to you later. All right. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye.